Hey everybody, before we jump into today's episode of the Listening Podcast, wrapping up 2017 with superlatives and with over-unders, just want to remind everyone that you can check out our best albums and best songs of 2017 podcasts on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Give us a subscription, give us a review, follow us on Twitter at Pod, and enjoy the holidays. We're taking a break after this episode, coming back to kick off 2018. So happy end of 2017, happy listening to music, and I hope you all have a good new year. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Listen In Podcast, the only music podcast by music listeners for music listeners. We are on the final show of 2017. We are wrapping up our year-end podcasts and our year-end list making here. The last couple weeks, we've done our best songs of 2017, we've done best albums of 2017, and we are wrapping it up this week with some end-of-the-year superlatives, uh, some over-under bets that we had for 2017 in the music year. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you, Jake. I'm excited to be here with you. Another way to look at this episode, um, I think, would be a year in review type of deal. Year in review. Where we're, we're I, well, actually, this sort of suite of episodes to close out the year: best songs, best albums, and then superlative slash over unders. Uh, kind of a look back at 2017, the year it was in music, and what some of our favorites were. So, if you haven't. Check out um, our best albums and best songs of the year podcasts. Those are available wherever you get your podcast. Well, maybe not wherever. I don't know. God knows how many podcast <laughs> apps there are out there. The basic ones iTunes, right. Stitcher, Google Play. Like the normal ones. Yes. Like just be a normal person, get them through there. Like I, I have, like someone gets at us, like, oh, you guys aren't on Zephyr. It's like, dude, like, I don't know what that is. It, you don't because I just made it up. But it could be <laughs> right. It, it, like, yeah. it could be real. The fuck? You're not on Zephyr? Come on, man. Shit. iTunes is so fucking 2016. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are doing end of the year superlatives, Jake. Um, I said I was excited. Uh, quick note about excitement, Jake. Yep. What? What is that? What what do you think it's actually like to feel excited about something? It's a, it's a fair question. It's a really fair question. And not just sort of anxious and scared all the time. What I, is that like? I I really wish I could answer that Listeners, question. Listeners, tweet you. at us at Listen and Pod. What is it like to feel excitement? Now you have 280 characters too to explain it. Right. So get go at Listen and Pod and then just go buck wild. Hopefully Ex- it's not a complex topic and you can fit it into 280. Explain to us moments where you felt legitimate excitement, because I think for the most part we just it, it just manifests in us as anxiety, in dread, and like fear. Yep, yep. But that all being said, I am my version of excited for sure. today's right. episode. Right. right. Um, so we have a number of categories that we drafted up over the past few months, um, and we're going to be awarding certain songs, certain albums, certain artists with sort of awards. It's like an awards ceremony, Sean. This is the Oscars of, of the Listening Podcast. Exactly. So or it's, the Emmys or the Grammys. More important, like if you combined all of those into one prestigious award... Yep, you get the Tonys. wouldn't be... <laughs> it still wouldn't be as important as this. Right. Uh, so let's dive in here, Jake, with our first superlative... Uh, best guitar solo. What were your nominees for this? 
The songs that I nominated for Best Guitar Solo were two of them from The War on Drugs. I have Strangest Thing, Thinking of a Place, and then I have Enter Entirely by Cloud Nothings. Um, and I see one of your nominees that I probably should have included. Yeah, my nominees, I also had Strangest Thing and Thinking of a Place. You really can't. If you're not including those on your Best Guitar Solo list, you're wrong. You probably didn't hear them. And the third one I have is The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness by The National. Not really known for being guitar heroes, but they had a nice solo in that song that I really liked. Which makes it all the more special. So... How do we want to do this? Do we want to say... Because I, I have my answer. I've, it's actually kind of a toss-up between those two War on Drugs songs, but I have... I think I'm leaning towards Strangest Thing. I'm also going with Strangest right. Thing for mine. It's a unanimous I'm, I'm pick. I'm going with mine. I still feel that last solo, that yeah. note that comes screaming in. I still feel that in my chest. Yeah. Nice little melody in that last yeah. bit. So Strangest Thing, yay! Best guitar solo. So we um, also, unlike other award ceremonies, we don't have celebrity presenters, unless you count us as celebrities. Right. And I think on our own podcast, we are maybe the biggest celebrities. 10 out of 10 celebrities. We're, we're sort of the biggest deal Fam- on our own show. Famous of the famous. Um, next uh, award... Best live show that we saw this year. Sean, what were your nominees? Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, so for me, I am nominating Pup, a uh, punk band from Canada, who we saw at Boston Calling. I am nominating the Menzingers, who we saw at the Royale this year. Uh, Jeff Rosenstock opened, put a pretty good show on as well. Uh, and then I have The National, who we saw at the Wang Theater. These were my three favorite shows of the year. Um uh, I think I'm actually going to go with the Menzingers at the Royale. And the reason I snub Pup is I want to see them at their own show. I don't want to see them just at a giant festival stage. I think they'd work better in a smaller club type setting. So I'm withholding judgment there a little bit. I'm going to go with the Menzingers, and we are seeing Pup at the end of the year. So That's very true. That's in in, in Worcester. Going to be a bit of a drive. That's right. Um, that I already kind of committed to driving. Oh, you did. Big um, shout to Jake. Mine, I have Pup also at Boston Calling. I have Weezer at Boston Calling. Yeah. Um, and Sorority Noise at the Sinclair. Having seen Sorority Noise before, and while I think Pup put on maybe a, probably a more impassioned show, I'm actually going to go with Weezer. This was the most fun I had at a concert all year, and maybe ever in terms of just wow. pure fun. Yeah. Because we were like... Maybe like 10, 15 rows from the f- like front row, and the crowd around us filled in and filled this entire like football field. Right. And it was huge. I'd never been in, in like in a setting like that right. for a concert. And Weezer puts on a great show. They're great performers, and they're incredibly tight uh, as a live act. Right. So that that was probably my favorite live show. Very nice. Uh, the Menzingers get a get an honorable mention too. Uh, next award, we have Best Chorus of the Year, Jake. What were your nominees? I have a lot of nominees, Sean, and I because I kind of looked through my spreadsheet for the year and a lot jumped mm. out at me. Um, Telling Lies by the Menzingers, Lookers by the Menzingers, No Halo by Sorority Noise, Hunting for Sport by Remo Drive, uh, Greenlight by um, Lord, Love by Kendrick Lamar, What's That Perfume That You Wear by Jens Lechman. Yep. Black Rain and Hiding with Boys by um, Creeper, Total Entertainment Forever by Father John Misty, Modern Act by Cloud Nothings, Slide by Calvin Harris and Frank Ocean, Sugar and Tangerine by Beach Fossils. Wow, Those were all up lot. there. That was yeah. Those were all up there. What were your nominees? Uh, I had Lookers by the Menzingers as well. I had Hunting for Sport, and then I had Perfect Places by Lord. 
I'm gonna give my award. I'm gonna give it to Lookers. Yeah, Shalalalalala Jersey Girls. There you go, man. Always I, total heartbreakers. I am going to give. Ooh, this is tough. I'm making a split decision here. I think I'm gonna go with Hunting for Sport because it's what yeah. I feel lately. Yeah. I now like I'm that. unsure if I want my master's love. It absolutely explodes. It's also a little bit of an underrated song. Yeah. Not one you hear people talking about with Remo Drive, but it's a really really cool song. It realistically is probably not the best chorus of the year. But right. Right now it's the but one your I favorite. Feel. The other ones I considered choosing were Love and also Lookers. Nice. Is up there. No Halo would be close. Great. Um, you need your turn to <clears throat> present. Most surprising album of the year. So before you continue with this, yeah. I want the listeners out there to picture us on a gilded stage <laughs> and with each new award. With each new award, like the one of us that's presenting has had an outfit change. <laughs> so like Sean maybe is in a tux this time around, and then the next one I present maybe I'm in a gown. Who knows? Right. right. Or I'm in maybe I'm a little more casual and it's more of a joke presentation. And there was just a song number that there was, was a, performed. There was a number, and like this one I'm I'm starting to introduce Sean from like 15 rows back, and I'm like kind of leaning into. I yep. almost said Kevin Spacey, but probably Ooh, not anymore. Yeah. No. No. No, he did not get he... an invite to our award show. No, Very problematic. No, he was he was blacklisted. Yes, he was. Uh, most surprising album, and this is kind of one that snuck up on us, where we didn't maybe expect to like it as much as we did, or it kind of came out of nowhere. Jake, what were your nominees for most surprising album? For me, I had Beach Fossils, Laura Marling, Foxygen, Sandy Alex G, Ariel Pink, Jessica Hoop, Creeper, and Lord. All of which kind of snuck up on me. Didn't expect. I'm going to go with Ariel Pink just because that was in my top 15 and it was someone who I didn't think I would get into at all. And based on past album listens to Ariel Pink's music, I didn't think I could get into a full length. Yeah, I nominated Lord, The Men Zingers, and Creeper. I'm going to go with Lord here because she made it as my fifth favorite album of the year. I expected to like Whatever she put out this year, I did not expect to love it as much as I have. So I'm going to go with Lord Melodrama as my most surprising album. Next, we have most disappointing album. Not an award you want to win. So think of this as the Razzies. Yeah. You're, we actually have left, we've, we're at another much smaller, much crappier theater and are yep. presenting a Razzie. So most disappointing album, what are your nominees, Sean? Because I just have one winner. I, I have a few here. Uh, Arcade Fire, Everything Now. Now, here's the thing. I don't hate this album, and I don't dislike it as much as a lot of other people seem to. I would say I don't to. even dislike it. Like, I really listened to it. I was like, yeah, this isn't that bad. But Pretty when good. it comes to Arcade Fire, you're not looking for not bad. You're looking for, like, transcendent great album. Genre defining, especially given the hype. That's what I mean. It's like, oh, you're not even coming close to Funeral or the Suburbs or Neon Bible, like, or even Reflector for that matter. Like, okay, I'm gonna be disappointed. Right. Uh, so, Arcade Fire, everything now. Also, this is maybe a hot take here. I was pretty disappointed by American Dream by LCD Sound System. We've a- covered this. Bef- Americone Dream. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Colbert. I've, we've covered this before. I think neither of us really connect with LCD that much. I think that's the problem. It's not. It's maybe not that this album's disappointing. It's it's more of an us problem with LCD. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, for all of the hype that it got, I, I think I was a little disappointed. And then my last one, this is a band I love, Jake. Real Estate put out a new record, In Mind. I don't want to listen to this album ever. It, 
I don't get it. it like there's almost like a lack of anything interesting happening here. And you could make the argument like, oh, hey, Sean, it sounds the same as all their other albums. It does, but it also doesn't. Like their other albums have like nice melodies or like nice guitar parts. This was just blah to me. And I love real estate. I was really looking forward to this. And it kind of just let me down. For me, uh, oh, and what, what's your one nominee? I guess your winner, Jake. This is going to be my winner. It's Dirty Projectors. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's not what I would have thought would have been the case earlier in the year when I first started getting into this album because I actually really liked it early on. It's the most disappointing for me because I just could not bring myself to listen to it more. Mm. And as I listened more throughout the year or had repeat listens, I realized I didn't like it as much as I thought. Mm. And that's like the harshest reality to come to. I know. When you're like, oh, not only do I not like it as much as I thought, I almost don't like listening to right. it. I don't enjoy the experience. And right. I don't know what it is. It's something about the glitchiness of the album. Like, I think I th- thought it was novel and really cool at the like my first few listens. And something about that effect wore off on me. Also, what I noticed with that Dirty Projectors album, the, the closer you listen to his lyrics, the more that dude seems like an asshole. Yeah, Dave Longstreth. Yeah, and like it's all about his breakup with the other woman, and blanking on her name, that was in Dirty Projectors. I'm forgetting on her uh, yeah, name. And he just seems like kind of a dick. So yeah. I, 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 that kind of turned me off too. I'm going to give this to Arcade Fire. Not because the album is is that terrible, but just, again, I love Arcade Fire. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. And when you don't deliver like I want you to, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm hurt. I'm kind of hurt by that, yeah. by Wynn Butler and the crew. I would just add with Dirty Projectors, another reason for me designating it most disappointing was that I really, really liked Swing Low Magellan, their yeah. last album. Yeah. Um, and when I heard the first few singles off this new one, I was like, ooh, this is a cool progression. Yeah. And again, it just didn't didn't end up connecting more than a few times. And I like it significantly less than that album. Yeah. So uh, let's move on here and let's talk about most underrated album, Jake. Mm. So the one that really didn't get the attention that you thought it deserved. What were your nominees? Um, I have Remo Drive with their album Greatest Hits. I have Oso Oso, Unihon Mixtape. Um, for most of the year, I was included in people who underrated that mm. album. Um, I have Kara Kara, Summer Megalith. I also have Foxygen, which was one of my favorite albums of the year, which has become a hot-button topic. A contentious pick. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> has has really uh, drawn the battle lines on Twitter between it, uh, a couple listeners. It has. And, and the, the truth of the matter with this Foxygen album is that it might not be your cup of tea, but I think they're doing really interesting stuff on it, and it I, it was just one that I thought was awesome all year. And the the reason I think it's most underrated is it just got zero attention. Right, like no one really listened to it, no one really talked about it, didn't even get that many reviews. It got right. basically good reviews. It has a seventy six on Metacritic. Right. But it was just sort of like kind of forgotten about. Yeah. Even though they were getting a lot of buzz a few years ago. Yeah, like, like yeah off they were. Of, on, uh, and Star Power and the one that was before uh, that. We and, Are the and, 21st and Century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my most underrated, I also nominated Oso Oso, also nominated Kara Kara. Uh, and then The World's a Beautiful Place, I'm a little more afraid to die, with Always Foreign. No one talked about this. Yeah, Even that, Ian Cohen, who champions World's a Beautiful Place, I feel like didn't talk about this that much. And for that reason, I'm... I'm giving it to Always Foreign for most underrated. That probably should have been in my, at least in my list of nominees had I thought about it a little more. Because at the very least, with like Oso oh Oso, oh it's at least known among like our friend group. Yeah. Or I, I'm hearing some publications talk about it, or at least some people are really banging the drum for it. 
be, always foreign. It's just gone completely under the radar. Yeah, and with underrated, overrated, you can read it a couple different ways because with as far as a buzz band within a certain scene, I don't think Remo Drive or even necessarily Oso Oso qualify. Like within the scene, I feel like they get a lot of a lot right. of the respect they're due. Right. Especially Remo Drive this year, they got a lot yep. of buzz, but. In a larger sense, I think they are underrated. They don't get oh, a ton oh, of attention. All of these are. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, other side of the coin here, Sean, most overrated album. I just have one here, and I will save that uh, yeah. after your nominees. Yeah, so uh, I, I am nominating that King Cruel album. That was all over the place. Got a pitchfork, best do music. It's nine. Been, Got a pl- nine plus. It's been insanely high on a bunch of year-end lists that I've been looking out. I really don't get it. I do not get the King Cruel love. Uh, I'm also nominating LCD for, for Americone Dream. Um, and just blatantly disrespecting it by calling it Americone Dream. Americone Dream, by the way, a good Ben and Jerry's yeah, flavor. sure. It's got waffle cone in it, Sean. And then... <laughs> Fudge dipped. Sounds nice. And then, uh, Say It Ain't So, Jake, Mass Seduction by St. Vincent. I, again, this one is super high, and I love St. Vincent. This doesn't work as a full album for me for some reason. Like, there's songs I just want to skip. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Mm-hmm. But as an album, I'm just like, nah, I think it's a little overrated. Speaking of that album, did you see that The Ringer had in their top ten songs of the year, not New York, but Happy Birthday, John? I did see that. Because it was basically just Lindsay Zolad's, like, top ten songs list. Is that what it was? Yeah, it wasn't even the... Like, she's basically their only music correspondent. Oh. So she can just... She's carte blanche to just write whatever the fuck she wants. I didn't think their top ten lists were that good. No, they, their in music. General. Oh, in general, their music stuff is poor. I don't think yeah. it's great. Um, it it constantly has ties in their lists. They're yeah. just like, oh, tie at number one. It's like, yeah. what, no, like don't do that. We only oh. did that at number fifty. Exactly, and at number thirty. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, for me, it it's King Cruel that's most overrated, and in some ways, it's because I really did like that last Archie Marshall record yeah. that he put out. Yeah, what's it called again? Another a new place to drown? Or yeah, something? yeah, something like that. Um, probably not. I probably I, just completely. I'm going with up. this King Cruel album too. I yeah. most overrated for sure. Because I actually, well, LCD, I didn't listen to a ton. The times I did, I liked it. Did just didn't love it. Mass Seduction, I also liked a good amount, but didn't ever want to listen. Yeah. Um, so I'm going with King Cruel because I just think it got, especially from Pitchfork, it yeah. actually wasn't that broadly, unanimously acclaimed. Right. It was lower on Metacritic. Yeah, than, it was like than, a 70-something. Than yeah. Pitchfork would make yeah. you think. Right. They gave it a 9 flat or something. Yeah. Which is like... But I've seen it on a lot of lists. Yeah. It's, they they me, hit third after Kendrick like, and SZA. Get out of here with him and at King third. King Cruel. Like, to me, King Cruel feels like an artist that you think you're supposed to like and just kind of force yourself to like to be like, yeah, I like this. I can also see it being an album that you just have to live with because it's so yeah, indie. Yeah, I know. So and I didn't like try with it. I will admit that, <laughs> listeners. It's also like it's super dreary and very atmospheric and very much a mood piece. Yeah. I listened twice. I at least kind of liked some of it, <laughs> but that's not wow, enough. Wow, what a ringing endorsement! Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it, it definitely was overrated. I think. Yeah. Um, here's here's our next one, Jake. This is sort of similar, a little bit different. Album you didn't love, but you listened to more than you thought or meant to. Yeah, so um, my two nominees here, and I, I actually don't like to say this about these 
artists because I feel like they're they're just fighting the good fight out there, doing their best. Um, for me, it was the Gr- Girl Pool album. I forget what the album's called. One two three four. I think the, there's a song called One Two Three. I don't remember what the album's called. It might one, be One Two, two three. three. And then also Power Plant. The um the is Vagabond the, is the name album of that album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Power Plant by Girl Pool. And then I have that Vagabond album, uh, Infinite Worlds. Uh, no matter how much I listen to Vagabond, especially, I could never really like completely get into it. But I listened kind of a lot. Just because I was like, oh, every, like everyone's talking right. about this, and it was short, and it was sort of one of these ones I could easily sneak in. So I listened to it more than I probably wanted to. Yeah, but I never loved it. I I also had Vagabond uh, on my list for a lot of the same reasons. I also nominated Future Islands. Um, I I like that album, and I kept trying to make myself like it more. Yep. And I I, I had a lot of listens to it actually. JSON was another one that came out early in the year, and it was short enough where I was like, okay, you can bank listens on this and really get a feel for it. So I listened a ton and there was like select tracks that I loved. Yeah. And then just as a whole though, I was like, yeah, it's leaving me feeling a little bit empty. And then Allison Crutchfield was another one. That came out early, early in the year. And we talked about this last week when we were talking about favorite albums. Those albums that come out early in the year when you're full of like energy and excitement about new music. You end up listening to certain albums a lot, like Jason or Allison Crutchfield, that you would not have if or it, Jessica Hoop if it came out in like July, and that was definitely one. I like that album well enough, but it didn't. I don't think it made it into like my top fifty. Jason is another that could have been on my list, especially as the year went on. This one fell so yeah. far for me yeah. in the rankings. I never wanted to listen to it, even though I really did genuinely like right. it. Right, my winner is going to be Vagabond. I think it's going to be mine too. Because, like, I I at least like all of those other ones, I think, a little bit more than Vagabond, but listen to all of them about the same. So, yeah, I think, I think it's Vagabond. Um, our next category and award is for Best EP. We actually missed a category, Oh, Jake. we did. Okay, I'm going to go back then. Yep. You're right, because I noticed that and then totally forgot. The real next category. That's that right. was this was like a uh, what was that dude's name who messed up the award? Um, oh yeah, a couple years I, ago. I, it was last year. What was the guy who played Dick Tracy? Right. Yeah, he fucked up Best Picture. Yeah, what was his name? I've, I don't remember. Wow, that it's a real flub. Um, album you never wanted to listen to, but you do like. So you like it, never really felt you listening to. Um, for me, I have two uh, candidates. It was Hooray for the Riff Raff and Jason Isbell, which I. Talked about last week. I should have listened to that album more because I really liked it. It actually yeah. snuck into my top fifty off of like not a ton of listens, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, so albums I like but never really wanted to listen to. I also had "Hooray for the Riff Raff" on there. I had "Thunder Dreamer" with "Capture" on there. Really liked it. Just never thought to listen to it. Yep. "Broken Social Scene" with "Hug of Thunder" too. Every time I listened, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is really good," but it's like a little too long and meanders at a couple points. If it was a few tracks less. I think I would have listened more. And then Mount Erie with uh, A Crow Looked at Me. Damn. Um, that's a really good choice that I didn't think that of. Is, that's the definition of this. That is, might have to just win it for me, too. It, that, that, that is my winner, is the Mount Erie album. I think yeah. I'm going to give it to that, too. I think yeah. it's going to be a unanimous one. Because yeah, that was a write-in for you. Yeah, it, and it, like You changed my mind at the last second because that is, I think, the epitome of an album it, like that. It, big time. Where it's like, it, almost because of its subject matter, you, right. you can't listen to it that much. Exactly. It's too sad. Exactly. Uh, so now we're going to go on to Best EP, Jake. Uh, what were your nominees for this? Um, I have Kamasi Washington with Harmony of Difference. 
uh, Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever with the French Press. And I'm adding, as of right now, Still I Try by Fire is Motion. Very nice. I've been listening to that a lot. It's really, really good. Yes. Uh, I also have the French Press. I also have Still I Try by Fire is Motion. I'm going to do a, an Audible nominee and go with Animal Collective's Meeting of the Waters EP as well as a, as a nominee. That definitely deserves a nod. My win, it's a toss-up between the French Press and uh, Still I Try. I'm going with Still I Try by Fire is Motion as my favorite EP. I'm going to go with Kamasi. Um because it's almost like a cheat because his EP is a half hour long. Mm-hmm. It is like basically a full length album. And pretty it's much. this musical suite that's pretty ambitious, especially for a quote unquote EP. It's great. It's so good. Um, next category, we have best party song. We both have one nominee here. And it's Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, here's the thing. 2017 was an all time bad year for us personally. Picking like a group. Oh, I thought you were gonna say full stop for well, us personally. Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like we've devolved into like I don't even know, but yes. <laughs> but we usually in years past have been able to have like a, a cluster of songs that like the entire group of friends likes and will listen to and kind of identify with. This was really hard to do this year. Like there wasn't that shared culture of a song really. Um, I guess Humble would kind of by default have to be the best option for that because it was a shared cultural song like by everyone. Yeah, Passion Fruit could have been an option. Right. I go with Humble because pretty much everyone knows at least some of the lyrics in a few of those verses. Yeah. My Left Stroke just went viral. All those parts, the uh, this, that grape upon that avion, that Ted talk, hey, yep. that part. Yeah. Every, like everyone's always in on that. If in, like It'll be like in a room where people are just talking. Yeah. And when you hear those lines going, you'll like stop talking to say And it. that beat doesn't quit. It doesn't. It's so, yeah, it's over the top catching. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was an easy pick Humble, for me. Humble gets it. I'm bummed there weren't more nominees, but I was looking through, I was like, wait, there's like no options for this yeah um people might say like bodak yellow it's like i listened to that song one time ever and had to go out of my way to listen to it it's like the biggest song of the year yeah i don't know if i know it yeah you... i'm gonna just say flat out that i'm not sure i know that song <laughs> and that's not like a cool guy like oh i don't like no it's just like i didn't come across it yeah. no i'm like a little embarrassed yeah to say i know that. i know that's why i had to seek it out myself i'd be like okay what's this song all about because i keep seeing people reference it How everywhere it's like pretty good. Yeah. You know what was good? That it's pretty if, good. If, this, if we awarded this earlier in the year, would have been up there is that Migos song, uh, Bad and Bougie. Oh, yeah. That would have been up there. That felt like more of an end of 2016 song it than did. anything. It though. did. But I remember yeah. like having a couple parties in like January. Yeah. Or when we played Secret Hitler with everybody. Right. Bad and Bougie came on and like most people knew some yep. of the words. But I, I think it's humble. Yep. Either way. Yep. Uh, let's do, Jake, Best Music Month. I think, hands down, again, we both had June for this. Yeah. June, I think, is the easy pick. What came out in June? It was, let me take a look. We had, um... We had, like, Fleet Foxes, Lord. Let me pull up the list, because I had... There's a lot of heavy hitters that came out in June. Yeah, you had Thunder Dreamer, Beach Fossils, Big Thief, Fleet Foxes, Chuck Johnson, Lord... Jason Isbell, mm. Kevin Morby, if you want to include that. Um, oh, I do. It's a good album. Vince Staples. That's a great month. Yeah. June, hands down. June, yeah. I can't think of anyone that even really comes close. No, there were some other, like, again, the, the usual areas were, like, the May, September, yeah. October's. They were solid, but I think June... It takes uh, the cake. It does. It takes the cake. Yeah. Carries the day. It does. Um, next, 
We have Best Album Title. This is a fun one. My nominees for Best Album Title were Damn, Big Fish Theory, Vince Staples, The French Press, um, Rolling, Co- uh, Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever, uh, Soft Sounds from Another Planet by Japanese Breakfast, and Stranger in the Alps by Phoebe Bridgers. I also had Damn. I also nominated Near to the Wild Heart of Life by Japan Droids. More Life by Drake. I also had Stranger in the Alps, which is really only funny if you know like the inside joke around that. The Big Lebowski reference. Yep, exactly. Yep. And then uh, Melodrama by Lord as well. Jake, what is your winner here? My winner is going to be Damn. I think I'm going to go with... This is a tough one. I... I kind of want to pick Damn too, just to be different. I'm gonna go with melodrama because yep. I think melodrama encapsulates the theme of that album so well. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think ultimately that was a snap decision for me. Yeah, I, I consider going with Big Fish Theory too, which I really like. But Damn is so emphatic, and also it has something to do with the way it looks on the album yeah. cover, um, which is a good segue for. Best album cover, Jake. That's right. All right. What are your nominees for best album cover? Pure Comedy by Father John Misty and Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Actually, my one and two favorite albums of the year. Two heavy hitters. I also have Damn. I also have Pure Comedy. I also have Melodrama in the mix. I think Melodrama is actually going to go down in history as like an iconic album cover. People are going to see it and be like, whoa, like that's that. That album. It's going to go down just as a straight-up iconic yes. album. Uh, and then I have Always Foreign by World's a Beautiful Place. What is your pick here, Jake? It's tough, but because of the hours I've spent pouring over the little details on my vinyl sleeve, I'm giving it to Pure Comedy. Um, Damn will definitely be more iconic, and I think in some ways it's more timeless Pure comedy is so cool, though, and I have this this vinyl copy of it, like the deluxe one. There's literally an endless number of like little mm. scenes going on in the painting that makes up the cover of pure comedy. And if you open the album art, which isn't a fair inclusion as album cover, but I am including it, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of other shit going on, too. And there's the four different versions of it with yeah. the different skies. I'm also giving it to pure comedy for all the reasons you said and for the alternate versions. For that sheer ambition. Do. Yeah, yeah. It's just like pure, the most ambitious Pure one. comedy. Um Best opening track of the year. What are your nominees? Uh, I have Telling Lies by the Menzingers, which was in my top three favorite songs of the year, so I think we know which one's going to win. Uh, I Am All That I Need by Fleet Foxes was up there, too. I had No Halo by Sorority Noise. It For me, it's just it's Telling Lies. Like, I almost didn't even need to nominate anything else. Yeah, this is one where I just wrote Telling Lies in. It, yeah. was, it was my favorite. Pure comedy would have been considered as well as the ones that, that you listed in your nominees there, but it, it's Telling Lies for sure. That song's incredible. How about, this one's a little bit tougher, Jake. How about yeah. Best Closing Track? Here's some of the ones I considered. After the Party by Menzingers. Not actually the closing track, though. It's not. And it almost is now honorarily. <laughs> right. Because I always I, I think thought it that's is. why you like put that in there as a joke. To be like, I'm just counting it as a closing track. He honestly didn't. Right. When I was writing this, I was just like, that's a closing track. <laughs> right. I'm going to include it right. as my number one nominee. <laughs> not a closing track. Actually, the closing track on that album is really good, yeah, too. Yeah, it's good. Continental Breakfast in the La 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 Lobby. Yeah. Um, so exclude that. Crack Up by Fleet Foxes. In 20 years or so, the song's t- title, which we couldn't remember last week when we were talking about <laughs> right. best albums. Um, Truth by Kamasi Washington. Duckworth, 
by Kendrick Lamar. Infinite Steve by The World is a Beautiful Place. I also included Guilty by Sandy LXG. Nice. Uh, I also have Infinite Steve by World is a Beautiful Place. In 20 Years or So by Father John Misty. I have Perfect Places by Lord. Duckworth by Kendrick. And then I have In a Body Like a Grave by Japan Droids as well. What is your winner here, Jake? Ooh, it's it's really, really tough. Because you can go a couple different ways with this. And, and here's my thinking. So I, I'm like, okay, what song do I just want to listen to yep. maybe the rest of time? It's like perfect places probably. Like that's yep, yep. super easy. But which one sums up the album Which best? one? What? Which is a better closing track? And for me, ah, it... It's probably in 20 years or so because it sums up pure comedy so perfectly. And that's like a hard album to cap off, but in 20 years or so does it well. I think I might have to pick that one. It's so tough, man. I really am considering a lot of these. Duckworth. Like Duckworth would maybe be like the next pick. Duckworth comes to mind as a potential winner. Also, and it's almost unfair to have Truth by Kamasi in here because, again, it's so long. Uh, And it really is like all those songs combined. Yeah. But that song is so good, and it it's is. like talk about encapsulating an album. Yep. I might have to go with Truth. Wow, Truth. Yeah, I might have to go like with like just as a closer because it's like it's the length of the rest of the album yeah. almost. It, yeah, pretty much. I think, but the, I could have gone with it twenty years or so. Duckworth would have been a consideration. Yep. Um, are you up? I am. Here is one. Actually, I'm not, but we're going to show it anyways. That's okay. Favorite lyrics, Jake. Yeah. Favorite lyrics. This one, I have a few different ones. This one might be a little bit involved, but I think it's uh, it's a good one. What do you have? This is going to be so involved, and I wrote these so long ago that I'm hoping I don't forget the parts. Um, I have songs where I just included, like, the entire thing. <laughs> Everything. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. I feel like it's hard to pinpoint. Like, so for me, Ballad of the Dying Man, yep. um, the part where he's talking about, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the specific part. It's not coming to me. I actually linked to it so I could look at it. I won't do that. For Robin by The World is a Beautiful Place, the lyrics about, um, I miss going to bars with, uh, what, Steven? Yeah, I miss going with chicken. Steven to bars that serve chicken, working with Caleb, getting drunk Getting drunk on the, on the clock. clock. Yeah. Um, the chorus of thinking of a place I'm moving through the dark, um, of a long black night, I'm thinking of a place that seems so very real. Love those lyrics, they're abstract, but also I think kind of evocative. Um, I have lookers actually for the chorus, the, Mm -hmm. the shit like Shalala Jersey girls are always total heartbreakers. Also, so it's like, that is super simple and I like it for that, but also you can include any verse in that song too. Yeah, for Um, sure. Hunting for Sport, which we've mentioned before, Remo Drive. Now I'm unsure if I want my uh, master's love. The uh, You're All Caught Up Inside, But You Know the Way by uh, Mythological Beauty. Um, Also, I have an older brother. I don't know. He could be anywhere from that same song. That's Mm -hmm. Big Thief. Um, Great Poupon, that AV on that TED Talk. A from Humble is up there for me. Uh, I have from Chanel, My Guy Pretty Like a Girl. I always like, I think that lyric is. Like Frank being very upfront, yep. and I've always thought it like I just it has a good ring to it. Yep. Duckworth is like a whole song nominee, yep. where it's like the just the story behind that is incredible. Um, Leave the fan on by uh, Sorority Noise. The Welcome to My Hell, I've got a notebook. Welcome to My Hell, I've got a mattress. That whole part. Yep. Um, also, No Halo. I didn't show up to your funeral, but I showed up to your house. Mm-hmm. That part. Um, and the If We Were Vampires chorus by Jason Isbell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also nominated that If We Were Vampires chorus. 
I also have a couple choice Father John Misty ones, uh, like in Leaving L.A. It's verse 8. It's the last one. The one where it goes, I'm merely a minor fascination to manic virginal lust in college dudes. I'm beginning to begin to see the end of how it all goes down between me and them. Some 10-verse chorusless diatribe plays they all jump ship. I used to like this guy. This new shit really makes me want to die. Great self-aware lyric to cap off that song. I um, think it's really, really funny. Also on the memo uh, by Father John Misty, I love the line that goes, um, and as the world is getting smaller, small things take up all your time. Narcissus would have had a field day if he could have got online. Uh, and that that continues... Um, that goes, in friends, it's not self-love that kills you. It's when those who hate you are allowed to sell you that you're a glorious shit the entire world revolves around. And that you're the eater, no, not the eaten, but that your hunger will only cease if you come binge on radiant blandness at the disposable feast. Father John Misty going in on that on that verse right there. Can I get one in really quick? Yeah, it's from it's the it's the specific line from Ballad of the Dying Man that I wanted in mind, yeah. and it's the uh, what he'd give for one more day to rate and analyze the world man in his image as of yet to realize what a mess to leave behind. I, I love that. Yes, part. that's a great one. I also nominated for Robin for for that lyric about about the friends, but also the one that goes missing an artist for the loss of their art isn't grief. We're heartbroken for Robin and hate what he did. But real, true, and private loss is so hard to express. That's a really fucking sad lyric. And talks a lot about, like, celebrity death and being like, yeah, we're sad, but, like, that's not the same as actually losing somebody. Is that about Robin Williams? I would assume it has to be. As I was conjecturing on an earlier podcast this year. I think it has to be. Yeah, Yeah. I would would assume so. A couple more that I nominated here. Um, I'll Still Destroy You by The National. The... uh, Put your feet against the wall. I swear you got a little bit taller since I saw you. I'll wow, still destroy that's you. that's for me too, man. Um, Damn. Enter entirely that last part, the moving on, but I still feel it. You're just a light in me now. Refrain, outro, that just keeps going. Um, and then I also have Day I Die by The National. We've talked a lot about the lyrics on that song. Marine Tigers by World's a Beautiful Place as well. The... There's nothing wrong with Jose. There's nothing wrong with, you know, whatever. Moses. Yep. Uh, Best Intentions by Hodera. Sour Breath by Julian Baker. We could go on and on here. Um, what would you say, Jake? What, what are you giving to for favorite lyrics? Um, I think for me it has to be a Father John Misty song. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Ballad of the Dying Man. I, I'll read a little bit of another verse. So it says the Dying Man once I'm in the box. Just think of all the overrated hacks running amok and all of the pretentious, ignorant voices that will go and check the homophobes, hipsters, and one percents, the false feminists he'd managed to detect. Oh, who'll critique them once he's left? Yeah. Like, I, I just love the idea of, like, how self-deprecating this is because you, you know who he's talking about. He's talking about pe- him and people like him right. who will go through life overanalyzing everything, not enjoying anything, thinking they're better than other things. And then when they get to the end of their life, it's like, well, did I even live or did right. I just, like, fucking ruin it for myself? Right. Right. So that that's hit me all year. I think yeah. that's my winner. That that is a great one. I am basically picking any Father John Misty lyric. I'll I'll go with that one I read from the memo. I really really like that one. Um, you could honestly close your eyes and pick anything on that album, and it would be worthy of winning, though. 
That, that's a good category. Yeah, it is. That's that's it a is. that's a lot to unpack. And there's yeah. so there's so many we must have yeah. forgotten. We probably could have done a whole episode on on favorite lyrics, lyrics alone. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, next category, favorite musical moment. I have the solo and strangest thing by um, the War on Drugs. Also by the War on Drugs. Thinking of a place, I have either the solo or the part where the harmonica kicks in later in the song. That whole mu- album, I mean, that whole, it basically feels like an album, but that whole song <laughs> right. is such a, a vibe piece. Like, you could pick almost any part yep. of it. The So I'm Growing Old on Magic Mountain instrumental outro. Yep. I love. Um, I have the orchestral parts in America by Foxygen um, because it's insanely complicated and very ornate in a way that I haven't heard anyone else come close to doing this mm-hmm. year. Um, also, uh, there's a part in Trauma by Foxygen that I considered there as well. And it looks like you have one nominee, which is also just, my winner. Just one, and it's my winner. It's the Strangest Thing solo. Because yeah. that's still, like I said, just like I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. Yeah, Strangest it, Thing solo. And it's funny because Thinking of a Place is my favorite song on that album. But right. it's almost like Strangest Thing has this, the the part where the solo just explodes. Yep. is like this distilled down yep. moment that always hits me really, really hard. So it's my winner as well. 100%. So that wraps up our uh, kind of superlatives or awards. And now we have, Jake, a couple fun either-ors here where we – there was a lot – this year was – lended itself very well to kind of comparing two or three things that kind of belonged together. So we're going to go through some of those now. First one, who had the better sad singer-songwriter album? Was it Turn Out the Lights by Julian Baker or Stranger in the Alps by Phoebe Bridgers. And we pair these two because they were on tour together. We kind of got into Phoebe Bridgers because of Julian Baker. Similar aesthetic and vibe to those albums. Which one did you like better? Um, it grows narrower and narrower, the lead by the day, between these two albums. I went with Turn Out the Lights by a little bit. I think it is a bigger, more ambitious swing by Julian Baker. Even if I don't always feel like listening to it, I think the highs of this album for me, are higher than Stranger in the Alps. Um, so that's that's the one I'm going with. Yeah, and I'm going with the opposite. I'm going with Stranger in the Alps. Not because the highs are higher. I think it's just more consistent. And, and yeah, Turn Out the Lights is probably a more ambitious swing in a, a, maybe a technically better album, but I, I'm, I would rather listen to Stranger in the Alps. So I'm going with Phoebe Bridgers on that one. Um, next, we have Better Emo Release, Unohan Mixtape by Oso Oso, or Greatest Hits by Remo Drive. What'd you pick here? I have Unohan Mixtape. That was like my number four album of the year. I, I gotta go with that. Yeah, I'm, I actually end up picking Unohan Mixtape here, too. Um, although I think Greatest Hits is more fun. Uh, yeah. I, As I, was yeah, yeah. evidenced, not a word, evinced, I don't know, by... <laughs> um, at the Yankee Swap party we were at That's this right. week, we played Greatest Hits. And there was like four people who liked it. it right. There was a lot of protest going on yeah. Um, yeah. by some members of the room. But the three of us, uh, you, me, and, and big friend of the pod, Josh, were, were going in on yes. this album. Uh, here's one for you, Jake. Better classic rock appropriation. Do we have Greta Van Fleet with their Led Zeppelin-style songs, Sheer Mag, or White Reaper? So... For me, this came down to, if you're talking about best impression, 
it's Greta Van Fleet, but I, I picked White Reaper because I think that's the best of, of these albums. Fair, fair. If we're talking about just imitation or appropriation of a sound, I'm going with Greta Van Fleet because it's it's comical how much it just sounds like Led Zeppelin. It's over the top. It's over the top. So I'm, I'm going with Van Fleet there. Okay. Um, here we go with another one. Most disappointing major indie release. A little bit of an overlap with our most disappointing album. Yeah. In fact, I think our winners are going to be the same here. Um, the the category we had Arcade Fire Phoenix or the Shins, so I, I kind of went off script on this and, and violated the rules of the question and mm-hmm. just said it's Dirty Projectors because they're a major indie release that came out this year. Yeah, and I I kind of like that Arcade Fire album and I I didn't really listen to Phoenix or the Shins very much at all. So yeah. I, I hardly feel disappointed by the them. the level of disappointment for Arcade Fire was greater. Yeah, I actually like that album the best out of those three, but it just I expected more from Arcade Fire, so yep. I'm going with that Arcade Fire one. Uh, the more overrated record, Jake, out of the two we've always said are overrated this year, the XX or LCD Sound System. Uh, for me, it's the XX. I'm also going with the XX, yeah, actually. I, I think there are, while I like some songs on this album um, a lot, there are some just absolute dreadful, dreadful lulls that yep. I, I can barely stomach getting through. I know. Um, the, what is it? Put, like the one where she's like, put on a play for you, get up on a stage for you. <sighs> it makes it's kind of cringy to me, and Gosh. I just I just hate the overall. I don't like you that know, song. It feels self serious to be self serious to me. Yeah, it feels so yes. brooding, almost yes. in a put on way, which maybe isn't fair to say, and it probably isn't. But yeah. that's just how it comes across to me because the song itself melodically. There's some of those ones in the middle that are just not interesting in any no. way. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm with you. Like and bars. XX to me, kind of like King Cruel, sometimes feels like uh, I'm trying really hard to like this band because I'm like supposed to like this band. It says something about me to like this band. Yeah, when I don't know. Yeah, the XX feels like to me just like again some of those songs I really liked, and I even considered like. Um, a couple of them for my best songs of the year list. Yeah. I don't think any of them made the cut, but right. they, they, some of them were were close. Yeah. Um, overall, overrated. Bigger claim, Sean, to the indie rock throne, the national or the war on drugs. Here's the thing. I think the narrative around war on drugs from music writers is that they're one of indie's biggest bands, and I think it's easy to get swept up in that. I. They're not. They're not like as big as the National are. I think what War on Drugs has going for them is they have that classic sound that can appeal to like dads or just dudes who like old classic rock. Um, but the National are bigger, like but just objectively. Um, more people know who they are. I think they have a wider audience. Uh, for every reason you just said, I, yeah. I also go the National. They're they're just more popular. Yeah, they're more popular. In, like, I think every measure. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're talking indie rock throne, it's the national. Here's an interesting one, Jake. Better Crutchfield Sister album. Both of the Crutchfield sisters put out a new record in 2017. Allison Crutchfield and uh, put out a, just a solo album. And then uh, Katie Crutchfield put out a Waxahachie album. Which one did you like better, Jake? Um... So I have Waxahachie, question mark, because (laughs) I didn't listen to either of these albums that much because I didn't like either of these albums that much, (laughs) and I don't really care about the Crutchfields. They're... I they're, don't. They're forced down our throats every year. There's I, a new release from one of these, and everyone loves them, yeah. and I don't fully get it. I will say, 
I at least liked that Allison Crutchfield album enough to be like, yeah, I can I can get down with this. I'm gonna pick that Allison Crutchfield one. It just didn't move me. Waxahachie just was a blank blank for me. I was like, nope, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Neither- and there's I like some of that other like the other two Waxahachie records that were put out. I like some songs on there. This one I was just like, I I can't. They do some interesting stuff. I like them as people. I I, I no qualms with either of them. The, just neither of these albums really did much of anything for me. No. I, I just yeah. did, and I never yeah. wanted to go back and listen. Um, so yeah, I, but I go back to Hadji, I guess by sure. a hair. Sure. I, but I don't fucking know. I could be, just be totally wrong. <laughs> right. Um, better serviceable indie rock record that you never wanted to listen to. We got Real Estate or Spoon. Yeah, so I, I, I mentioned Real Estate earlier, how I was kind of disappointed with it. It was very bland. It still got like pretty good reviews, and people seem to generally enjoy it. Same with Spoon. This got good reviews. People seem to enjoy it. I never wanted to listen. I'm going with Spoon, though. I think it's a better album. The Spoon album is better. Yeah. And it also gave birth to Hot Thoughts, which is the name of a segment for that's us. That's true. Which that's I sometimes would forget that we got from I, Spoon. That's right. That's very important. And actually. I think the album is called Hot Thoughts. It is. It is. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Big shout to Spoon. Uh, here's, here's another one, Jake. Better... 2012 core release Mm -hmm. and by 2012 core i mean neither of these bands had put out a record since 2012 and we're throwing it back to that time japan droids or grizzly bear which one did you like better i like grizzly bear better um i know japan droids does a lot for you it didn't i don't know it just didn't totally move me so i go i go grizzly bear i'm going with japan droids here i actually love this album i love near to the wild heart of heart of life it's not as good as celebration rock but it's still another good entry in their discography. I'm going with Japan Droids. Next, we have more earnest album. Jens Lechman with Life Will See You Now. That's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> and then we have Creeper, Eternity in Your Arms, which if you listen to our Best Albums podcast, you heard us describe as like Halloween the album <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> right. It's like, it has just generally creepy, goosebumpy <laughs> themes. And by earnest, I think it's just like they are clearly just going, going for an aesthetic, for it. and they're and they're, they're not joking. There's n- I, as far as I can tell, <laughs> no, no shred irony. of irony. No, I gotta go with Jen Slankman, though, dude. This guy just wears his heart on his sleeve and does not give a fuck. No. It's Jen Slankman. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's a unanimous pick uh, for me too. That album is so emotionally earnest and borderline happy. I yeah. love that record, man. I, I, it's so much fun. Here is sort of a similar one. Most unintentionally funny album. We nominated Jens Lechman again. We have Creeper up there as well. But we're also including that Led Zeppelin copy, Greta Van Fleet, in here too. I'm going with Greta Van Fleet. It's just hearing this dude wail like Robert Plant is unbelievable and is so funny because it's so over the top. It's it's, it's totally crazy. <laughs> yeah. I also picked Greta Van Fleet here. I think you could go with Jens Lechman or Creeper. They they both are funny, but they're more just like earnest. I think they, you almost feel bad making fun of it in any way. But you can definitely just like laugh at both those albums because yeah. they're they're ridiculous. Yeah. They're over the top. But it's Greta Van Fleet by far. When he comes in with his. Whoa! <laughs> Like his, his Robert Plant whale, I, yeah. I like. I'll laugh in public. Oh yeah, listening to that. <laughs> yeah. As good as it is, it's and it's great. All right, but I'll I'll laugh at that. Um, better comeback album of the year. We got Slow Dive or Broken Social Scene. And we're sort of fudging the definition of comeback here because Slow Dive had a true comeback with their first album since like the '90s. Broken Social Scene. 
you know, it, not that much of a break comparatively, but they both sort of felt like, oh, these major indie bands coming back after years and years of not having anything. I'm going with Slow Dive here, though. Yep, it's Slow Dive for me, pretty easy. Never did really get into the Broken Social Scene album. Um, yep. So Slow Dive for me, because I really, really like that record. Uh, here's a fun one, Jake. Album or albums that you listened to once or maybe twice and legitimately don't remember at all. Because um, we listen to a lot of music. Yeah, I wrote this category up because I realized as I went through my spreadsheet for the year, there were kind of a lot for me. So here's, <laughs> here's a few, and this is no shot at the music, which I'm sure is fine. I just don't remember it, yeah. even though I listened to it as documented by my spreadsheet. Nehi with Offers, who before this episode I was talking to Sean about, and I said, isn't that like an uh, like an ambient or an electronic album? And he was like, uh, no, that's a, a rock band. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately couldn't tell you what the album cover looks like, what any of the songs sound like, what right. any of the titles are, right. how long this album is. I have no idea. I, I truly don't remember it, but it was documented. I know I listened to it at you least once. You listened to it, yeah. Um, Power Trip with Nightmare Logic. Don't really remember what the hell that is. Why Love Now by Piss Jeans. I kind of remember the aesthetic of this uh -huh. album, and I know that it got a lot of buzz. I don't remember it. Blank Mass with World Eater. I, as far as I remember, this album sounds kind of like one of Trick's Point Never. Okay, yeah. Um, but I could be wrong. <laughs> um, Cashmere Cat with the album Nine. Yeah. There was a couple good songs on there. There were. I, I don't remember them. <laughs> right. um, Jay Lim with Black Origami. Forest Swords with Compassion and Laurel Halo with Dust. These are all albums where when I looked back and saw the titles, I was like, I couldn't tell you really anything about that album and feel almost bad even claiming I listened to it. Yeah, a few of those were also on mine, like that Black Origami, Jay Lynn one, uh, the Cashmere Cat one, the Knee High one. I'm going to go with that Jay Lynn Black Origami one because I did only listen once. It ended up on a bunch of year-end lists, like pretty high up, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I listened, but I don't not remember. really. I'm going to go with Knee High just because of how <laughs> funny it was that I truly right. didn't even remember. Not only did I not remember this album, anything about it, I, I didn't even know the genre. This is an yeah. album I listened yeah. to. <laughs> right. That That's I, not a good sign. That I took between 20 and 60 minutes right. out of my day because right. I had no idea as to the length. <laughs> right. right. And listened to. And it totally slipped my mind. Yeah. Totally forgot. Um, next category, album or albums you should definitely have made an effort to listen to but just didn't. Sean? I have 444 by Jay-Z on mine. And the reason for that is basically because it wasn't on Spotify. Yep. And I didn't deem it worth it enough to go seek out a, a, a copy of it in any way, shape, or form. So 444, I, it's supposed to be really good. I should probably just listen to it. Uh, and then that Kalela, Kalila uh, R&B album, Take Me Apart, that is also ranked really high on a lot of year-end lists. Never took the time. I just know it's probably not for me. Uh, so those were two big ones. 444 is on my list as well for the exact reasons you specified. I also have Reputation by Taylor Swift, which I thought maybe by this week I'd have listened to. But I'll tell you what, man. I just flat out don't give a shit. Just just don't listen to it. You're not really missing anything. I don't really want to. It's not that great. Um, so I guess if, if we're picking a winner for this, which I don't think we do, do we? Uh, no. No, we, we don't need to. We did with the last category. Yeah. But we don't have to. Yeah, those we don't those have are to. two for me. Yeah. Uh, best ambient electronic release. We both have the same two entries here. We do. We do. Kelly Lee Owens and Chuck Johnson with Balsams. Um, 
two amazing albums if yeah. you need something to put on where you're doing something or just really to listen to and relax. Depends on what you're looking for. If you really, really would just want to dial it back and relax, I think that Chuck Johnson album is good. If you're looking for more of an active listen, I think Kelly Lee Owens. I think that Kelly Lee Owens one suits itself in more situations. So I'm going to go with that one. I agree with you in full and have nothing to add. Next good. category. Uh, best album that was not released in 2017 that you discovered for the first time. This is always fun, Jake, because we listen to a lot of other music, obviously, that just doesn't come out during the year and are kind of always trying to go back. Um, and I, we both listened to a lot of good stuff this year. What were some of your favorites? I have Loaded by The Velvet Underground, uh, two Guided by Voices albums. I'm including Alien Lanes and B-1000, even though technically I got into B-1000 at the end of last year. The, those two were so paired for me at the beginning of this year that I'm including B-1000 in the list. Um, Bill Evans' trio with Sunday at the Village Vanguard. Kate Bush with Hounds of Love. Charles Mingus with The Black Saint and The Sinner Lady. Mm. Um, if I had to pick one, yep. it would be that Guided by Voices combo. Yeah. That was the most important yep. for me. Uh, for me, Menzingers with uh, On the Impossible Pass. I think that might be sneaky better than After the Party as a whole. Uh, Alien Lanes by Guided by Voices, Brian Eno with Discreet Music and Ambient One. Basically, the whole ambient numbered suite. I listened to all of those. Harold Budd with The Pearl, Kate Bush, Hounds of Love, Drive By Truckers, American Band, Iron and Ooh. Wine, The Creek Drank the Cradle. This is tough. Um, I'm, uh, you know, it might not be like the sexiest pick. I'm going with. On the Impossible Pass by the Menzingers. I think that's actually my favorite album I discovered this year. It's one of my most listened to albums of the year. I think I'm going with that. Drive by Trucker should have absolutely been in my nominees. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Great, album. It's great so album. Goddamn good. Um, next, and then Jake, we wrap up with who was your artist of the year? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, in some ways, so I nominated Father John Missy and Kendrick Lamar. I think it depends which lens you're looking at. Yeah. They released my two favorite albums of the year. Um, Father John Misty, Pure Comedy, was my favorite. Kendrick with Damn was my second favorite album. Um, if I'm going to factor in cultural impact overall, it's hard to knock either of them. Right. Kendrick's cultural impact is a little bigger. I think he owned the year in a way that you couldn't possibly claim Father John did. So I'm going to give it to Kendrick on that on those grounds. Fair enough. I really don't think you can argue with that. I'm just going to go with Father John Misty, and this is kind of a selfish pick for just me. Like, he defined 2017. And the thing about him, even though Pure Comedy came out in April, um, he never really went away throughout the whole year. He was no. always in the news. He was always doing something. He was always on a late-night show or making a headline his whole press tour for the album. Yeah. I think he owned the year in a way that um, Kendrick sometimes didn't. Like, where, like Father John Misty was maybe in more headlines, or I saw him on Twitter, like, Yeah, more, I mean, but think about you know? the circles you're in. And yeah, on, true, on true. It's an echo chamber. Yeah, and what I, I, I would, believe me, Father John Misty I considered, too, and, and like, that press junket he went yeah. on to kick off his album. I mean, yeah. just like no other. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I almost picked him. I just think that in terms of cultural impact, if I'm factoring that in, I almost have to give it to oh, Kendrick. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I go with Kendrick by a hair there. So, Jake, let let us wrap up with uh, some recaps on our over-unders for 2017. So if you are a longtime listener, you know that we start the year off 
with some over-unders, uh, some bets that we do. We basically take the opposing side. So let's run through those now, Jake. Uh, we are holding off on the Pitchfork Best New Music over-unders. This is an unreal race that we have going down to the wire here. The real winner is both of us for picking a line that's yep. so accurate. So the line we picked on this was over or under 47.5 Best New Music from Pitchfork. As of the well, as of right now, because it's the same as the end of November. As of today, they have forty six. We said over under forty seven and a half. So if there are two more, Sean will win with the over. If it stays as is, or we get just one more, I'll win with the under. Um, this is like Gore Bush two thousand. Yeah. This is going. The, the polls are there. There's a recount. The, the, the news organizations are saying it's too close to call at midnight. I need a miracle here though, because December historically just shit grinds to a halt in terms of album reviews and best new musics. I don't think I'm gonna get two more. Maybe I get one, and it'll make me sweat. Maybe the thing is, is like this is one we're both sweating out. Yeah, because either yeah. way, it's like every day. I look at, at Pitchfork and I'm like, please, not another. <laughs> right. And every day you're looking at it, hoping for like, another. Give me something, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think that it's just the pessimist in both of us, but but I just feel like I'm going to lose this at the last second. I don't think, no. I think if you were to give odds, you'd be like minus 450 to get this. There wouldn't be a lot of value in picking you. We're going to get some bullshit Christmas release <laughs> surprise drop release probably by like fucking Beyonce <laughs> oh I fucking hope so and it's gonna get like a 9.2 <laughs> and they're gonna sneak in something else we'll see we'll see now the thing is Jake you've handily won the over under six and a half 9.0 or greater album review scores like we only had, how many do we have? Three on the entire year. We're not getting four more 9.0s or more. Yeah. So just to be clear, because there was a lot of numbers yeah. in a row, the what we're saying with that one is, is there going to be more or less than six and a half reviews from Pitchfork that are nine points or higher? And they've only been three so far. It's I think it's King Cruel, it's Lord... And there's one other that Kendrick. I'm, oh, right? Kendrick. Yeah, yeah damn. Yeah. Got like a nine point two. Yeah. Um, I took the under on this, which is holding probably. Steady. Oh yeah, you're gonna you win that one. So that's one zero, Jake. Um, here's the thing about this over under music minute totals. I think we should wait until the true end of the year when we get our last FM numbers. Okay. I think those are gonna be more accurate than whatever bullshit Spotify sent us like two weeks ago. The over under we set was one hundred and forty thousand minutes of yeah. music. Um, According to Spotify, my music minutes this year were 57,000, so they went down a little bit from Mine last year. Mine were 82,000, which was like the exact same as last year, which doesn't make sense to me. Because last year, we I listened to Frank Ocean on Apple Music so much, it doesn't make sense that it'd be the same. So I'm holding out for that last FM number, so we'll see. Um, Here's a few, Jake, that did not hit for you. All these, no, these Kanye West ones. These feel kind of stupid in retrospect. It, just as the year went on, it was like these were just busts. They were like yeah. they were more like conversation pieces than anything. Right, right. So what we had was over or under five and a half Kanye West Twitter rants. Included, and we had all kinds of criteria for didn't what, matter. what is a didn't rant. Matter. It didn't matter because he left Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So I took the over there and took a fucking bath. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, we also had over or under four and a half Kanye West at mentions of Donald Trump directly on Twitter. I felt like this might happen. See, this that's it, it is such a gamble because you're like, well, all it takes is him basically shooting off like one day, the, one the, day out of the entire year, and you're like, yeah, you hit it. I could have hit a rant and that over in uh, one day. Yeah, I know. 
And it just like and it just Santa never delivered. It didn't happen on these over unders. It for didn't me. happen. Um, they didn't really happen. What so do we have next? Two to one, and then uh, over or under eleven and a half straight weeks. The new Taylor Swift album will be at number one on the Billboard charts. I I thought this was going to happen. I took the over on it. You thought you swindled me. If I you remember. I got my comeuppance for that, Jake. I got my comeuppance for it, and because it's uh, already third. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's possible it could do, like, a Dark Side of the Moon thing and go back to number yeah, one. Yeah, but it, I don't think it will for the next, t- like, you know. And that might not even count, because I think what we were assuming was, was in a after, row. after release. Exactly. Like, once it was yeah, released. Yeah, so you got that one, so that's two to two. And then, um, this one doesn't really count, because over under one and a half mentions of Kanye 2024 campaign on any new Kanye release. We didn't get a new Kanye release, so it doesn't really apply. There was no new album. So we are two to two heading into our album score over unders from Pitchfork, which are actually more fun. And I think next year we're going to focus on this piece of it more than like trying to guess at what scenarios could happen. Especially you know? it's it's less fun to do the cultural significance ones because what you learn is like if you take the over, you're just going to lose. Right. It doesn't matter. Like you should right. just always take the under. Right. Exactly. Which is much safer because yep. it's like, oh, that probably just won't happen because it's this thing we're making up right now. Right. But with the pitchfork over-unders in terms of what the score going to be, um, those I think they're a little more measurable. So what we had for these, really quick before we say the winners, we had the National, we set the line at 8.2. We had Japan Droids, we set the line at 8.5. Father John Misty, we set the line at 8.5. Fleet Foxes, 8.2. And Arcade Fire, 8.6. Wow. Um, It's funny to look back on these right now. So here's the overall trend. The overs got completely and absolutely killed. Only yeah. one of these overs hit, and that was Fleet Foxes, which luckily I picked. That got, right. I think, at 8.7. Yeah. That was the only over for any of these scores. Yep. All the others went under. Um, so the National, 8.2. Sean took the under, so won that. Got an 8, I think. He got an 8 even. Yeah. For Japan Droids, it went under 8.5, which you guessed. And I think it got like a 7.3 or something. Something like that. Yeah. It was like in the 7s. Seems like a. Slightly unfair score. Um, and now, then, don't, this is an affront to both of us. This was Pitchfork giving double middle fingers to you and I. This was just the only silver lining for me out of their score is that Father John Misty got under an 8.5. It got like a 7.6 or something. And I remember in the lead up to this, we were like, oh, it's a lock on it's the gonna over. It's going to get like a 9. It's a lock. And it just didn't happen. Nope. Just it didn't happen. Didn't deliver. I won with the under where I, I kind of yeah. edged there. Yeah. And then with Arcade Fire, we set the line here at 8.6. This is the one that by far underperformed the most. Like a five point something. Either a 5.6 like six or like a 6.3 or something. Like it's pretty it low. It got killed. So I take the day on the pitchfork over unders by one. And you take the day overall so far. By one. By one. And most likely you will just take it in general because you're going to win that best new music's one even if i come through on the the music minute total um so yeah we'll see yeah we'll see we'll, we'll see. see so we'll stay tuned on those maybe do a quick final recap 
when we come back next year. But that wraps up 2017, Jake. And a great year for music, a tough year for everything else. Just about everything yeah. else, especially in the world. Yeah. And, uh, and I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has listened throughout this year and throughout the two and a little bit of change years that we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. I have a lot of fun talking about music and listening to music and having an opportunity and like a platform to do it. And even the little bit of sort of recognition and um, sort of attention and uh, feedback that we get on Twitter and through listeners is is huge. And mm-hmm. I, I think I probably speak for both of us in, in thanking everybody yes. who's listening now and who has listened this year. Yes, 100%. Thank you. I echo all of the same sentiments. Thank you for listening. We will be back in 2018. Thanks, everybody. Bye. down with a cold. I think I am too, actually. Oh, fun. I Perfect timing. I'm starting to feel a little tickle in my throat, and uh, I was in a meeting today with someone who's sick for an hour and a half. We were enclosed in a small room together. and That's, that's uh, always helpful. I immediately then started feeling sick after. I don't know if it works that fast. I don't know if that's how biology works, but how I viruses think I'm getting take hold. sick, and I'm going to go home and take some emergency. Oh yeah. It could like probably clementine and a half before you came over. Like good. That'll two two full citrus fruits. You're good. I mean that's a lot of vitamin C. That's the path to immortality. That's what uh, the what big orange would have you <laughs> have you think. Um, big, yeah, big woke, citrus. Yeah. Woke up this morning not feeling totally great and it's gotten worse through the day and I have that mm. annoying like Pained, scratchy yeah. sinus thing that's there. Yep. It's my least favorite part. Yeah, because once like the sneezing starts, at least you can start to clear shit out right. and and like not. And it doesn't hurt as bad. This always hurts. This yeah, part, this part hurts. Yeah, and I know. I know what you mean. It sucks. So, you know, yeah, right in time for the holidays. Being so sick is the worst. Pretty bad luck. My life's it pretty is, hard. But I got a cold. Last episode of the year, Jake. So you can recover. True. I look tired, man. I am too. It's the weather. It's shitty. Shitty weather. Just like, it's like, days will be dark all day. I know. Because like the daytime during winter is, it's really just a tease. I know. You you, you see this thing moving slightly? Oh yeah, dropping. You should tighten it. Tighten up the screws. I don't think it's... A question of how tight this part is, though, because it's on here pretty, pretty tight. It's like... That mechanism? Yeah. Huh. Okay, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're good. Probably pretty interesting for listeners to have heard that. (laughs) That's why we pre-show it. It it, it, it absolutely is. That's why we pre-show. Pre-show is sometimes more potent than the show. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's a show within a show. Yeah. Sometimes more revealing. Other times, it's not. Other times, there's really not a whole lot of substance. No, no like right now. One, this this is one of those. <laughs> this times. is one of those times. Like we talked about maybe having a cold, and then that's about <laughs> it. I'm pretty wiped out. I got to be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like let's just it. let's just dive into the episode, and we'll we'll be okay. All right. Do we have anything other than superlatives and over unders? No. Okay. No. No. We're not doing a two truths and a lie. Should we prep one really quick? <laughs> No. <laughs>
No. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm good. <clears throat> okay. Uh, three, two, one. 